0: Welcome to our podcast, Theatre Tales of the Techie, with our host, Damon Atwood. Hey folks, welcome to tonight's podcast. It is almost midnight and it's been a long day but I wanted to get this podcast done and it's normally late at night is when I get the chance to do these podcasts when everybody's asleep in the house. My wife and the dogs and so on. So the reason I'm doing this podcast is over the last uh, week I've been interviewing some friends that are going to be in future podcasts but I've also been talking to pals about what my podcast should contain and if you're new to my channel. I started doing these after a conversation with a uh, college kid who asked me if a career in the theater industry is viable. And I told him it's a kick-ass industry to work in. But when I was talking to one of my friends, they said something to me that triggered a massive flashback. And he said that many times we go into a room that's empty, we set up a show or a production or whatever, and Do our thing for three or four days and then when we leave we leave the room exactly like it started it was just a big empty room so i'm calling this podcast the big empty room and it was a rental i did back in the 90s when i worked for a dealership called sgtv and av i was the sales manager but i also wore the hat as the rental manager And basically, we were not a big dealer at all. There was, I think, six employees, uh, if that's a word. And I love to do rentals because that's where I made up the margin that I needed to make each year to keep the owner happy. The owner wanted me to basically have a 40% margin, uh, which means in all of our sales, you know, I need to make 40% profit. And working with some projects, you, you know, to take care of the customer or to do the right thing, you get down into the 20 or 30 percent margin. Well, how do you recover that margin? Well, when you do rentals, most of the time you've bought the equipment smart or you've bought it with somebody else who's wanting to get out of the industry and you basically get the fixtures for almost free. I was a scrounger. I always looked at anybody that was getting rid of PARs or ellipsoidals or whatever, and I would go add them to my rental stock or inventory. So on this rental, it was at the Indiana uh, Indianapolis Convention Center, and it was in a big ballroom, and I'll never forget... And this doesn't, doesn't change people. If you're in theater or rentals or touring or anything, and I haven't really done any touring, but a lot of my friends have, and they tell me it's the same phenomenon. When you walk into that room and it's empty, there's nothing set up yet. It's, it's just a weird feeling. Uh, It's a big cavernous room and these big ballrooms that are like 130 feet wide and, almost the length of a football field. When you, uh, here, let me start like this. So on this rental, we were, we always joked about how many trucks it would take. And these are panel truck, like 18 foot long panel trucks, or maybe they were 24 feet. I can't remember. Or maybe it's 26 feet, but we would rent them from like budget rental uh, or whoever and there's another one we rented from too but i can't remember but basically the big you know panel truck with a lift gate on the back so this was a two truck show as we called it which means we most likely were going to load some chain hoist some truss a whole bunch of fixtures uh, some track spots that had moving mirrors uh basically all the lighting rigging we rented the staging because I refuse to own staging because staging gets beat up. It's too heavy to move around. takes too much room to store. Uh, staging is just a pain in the ass. And we, did, we never did audio at this company. So there was going to be an audio company that was going to be a subcontractor or a contractor to the rental. And the lady I was doing the rental for, I'd done some other corporate type rentals for uh, so, you know, it was just going to be a normal rental. So I pull up to the convention center and there's always a guy or gal there, like, what can I do you for? And I'm like, we're doing the rental. We've got today to set up, um, tomorrow morning to do our lighting and sound checks. And the event starts at nine o'clock. And this particular event was going to be, basically like a business meeting slash award ceremony slash some other things. Okay, so basically what happens in a big convention center room like this or a big ballroom is you get a whole bunch of the big round tables set up that uh, will have essentially eight or nine chairs around it. I mean, these are big tables. I think they were the eight-footers is what they call no No, no, they, they were six-footers. And the reason I know that is because I remember them rolling them in. Uh, It's weird in theater. You you start measuring things by how long they are to how tall you are. So when these tables are are being rolled around, if they're like six inches taller than you or four inches taller than you, and you're like five, five or five, eight, you know how big the table is. So, and we didn't supply any of the tables. That was going to be done by the decorators uh, union. So, Show up to the loading dock, tell the guy what we're going to do. He tells us what ballroom we're in, which I already knew because I already knew because I'd already scoped out the whole room to know where all the electrical service, the disconnects, and the hard points are for the chain hoist and all that kind of stuff. So I <laughs> I'll never forget this moment every time I did a rental. I'd, you know, we'd walk through the room to where we're going, and, and very rarely was the loading dock really close to ballrooms. I mean, that's just the way convention centers were designed. Now, if you were going into one of the big uh, convention center like halls, there's always loading docks normally right adjacent to those. But when you're going to ballrooms, and normally they're on upper floors, rarely is a ballroom. Well, I shouldn't say that. At least in my experience, rarely is ballrooms on that same level. Uh, but The more I'm thinking about it, when I think of like the Orange County Convention Center down in Florida, I think all the ballrooms are on that same level. Floor. So ignore the last 20 seconds of what I just said. So essentially, we go to this door. He opens the door. It's pitch black. You see nothing when you look into the room except the like 1970s gold and rust colored carpet. He then goes to the wall and turns on a light. And all of a sudden, here is this big ass empty room, beige walls, kind of an all white ceiling there's nothing in it. I mean, if you had a go-kart, it would be a blast to race them around in this big ass room. But you, you kind of like take a deep breath and realize, okay, now today we're going to work. Okay. Today, nobody's going to be slouching around. Today we are going to work. So I just look around the room and then all of a sudden one of my other colleagues showed up who was driving the second truck. And he says, is this where we're at? And I said, yep. Now the second truck is what we would normally go out and get the, the rental gear that we would uh, not own, like the staging, uh, you know, the platforms. Uh, if there's like railings with it, anything that I was required under my contract to have, the second truck would normally go out and get that because one truck, if you knew how to pack it right, could basically get almost all the lighting that STT, STTV and AV had in their rental inventory. So, you know, we all, excuse me, we all just kind of look around at each other. And then another two helpers of, of mine showed up and you are basically getting the crew together. You know, some people are walking up with donuts. Some people's got, you know, a bottle of orange juice and me, I'm just, I'm just in total overload. Like, okay, I just want to get set up guys. I want to make sure if we're going to have any problems today, we can go out and fix it today because tomorrow morning we've got a lighting and a sound check. And then we've got you know the rental so the first thing you do is you get your chain hoist up on the ceiling um and then you want to get your truss up you want to hang the lights on the truss if there's any audio going to go on that truss you want to get that on the truss. so you, you can pull this all up and then anybody's got that's got a scurry around the room won't be in your way so i think it was about 6 30 a.m that we all showed up because we knew that the uh, union catering, uh, I'm sorry, the catering people. And we knew that the the decorators uh, union were going to show up, I think around 930 or 10. So we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we could get everything, uh, you know, in the air that we had to get in the air. So, you know, of course, we got the chain hoist. Uh, this was an interesting room because we had to get power across the ceiling to this uh power room that had some disconnect power in it and we had to fish basically our three phase uh plus neutral and a ground wire through the ceiling because we were going to mount a dimming rack right there on top of the truss that would power all of our soils and our pars and then, of course, we had, I think, four of the track spot moving mirror fixtures that were just daisy chained with, you know, DMX to the dimmering rack and then back to where the lighting console was going to be. And, folks, when you're setting up a big room like this, normally the lighting console is going to go back in some obscure corner of the room to try to stay out of sight and out of mind. We did have two large platforms that were going to have some follow spot operators on it. And, uh, we you know, of course, we brought the follow spots. Like getting the chain hoist up getting the truss up and getting the fish fixtures at least hung maybe not focused yet uh up the ceiling uh was you know priority one and we had a personnel lift that we could drive around that room without any problems uh just a little tidbit though if you're getting a pretty big lift don't ever sit in one place and just turn the wheels left and right because you can scar the carpet and they'll get mad at you for messing up the carpet so, make a long story short, we got the truss up, we got the fixtures up, and the audio guy shows up. And this guy, I wish I could remember his name, but he was about six foot five. He probably only weighed 135 pounds, and he, I swear, was stoned or high the entire rental. He was just, he was so funny. He was really a cool guy. I mean, I don't know if he's still alive because he was really he was a party in life really hard back in the nineties. So he like walks up to me and he's just like, Hey man, how are you? And I'm like, great. And he said, you know, I got to hang some of my speakers, man, on your trust, man. I'm like, I got it. I said, you know, we haven't taken to the trust of the ceiling yet. I said, get your speakers and stuff out. And he's like, man, do you know how I'm going to get, you know, my snake from the stage all the way back, you know, to, Uh, And he goes, "Uh, where's your lighting consoles going to be at? I said back there in the corner, he goes, okay, man, I'll set up my mixer. But he goes, do you know how I'm going to get my snake back there? (laughs) And if you're listening to this and you don't know what a snake is, an audio snake, imagine a microphone with a cable. And if you've got 10 microphones, there's going to be 10 cables. So he has this big box that had 24 uh, basically mic jacks on it. And then that snake, which was 150 feet long, would come back to his mixing console, and he would plug it into his mixing console, and that way he could mix audio from the back of the room. And I told him, I said, you know, we're fishing the three-phase power through the ceiling you probably could fish your snake if it's long enough through the ceiling and drop it down into that room then come out of that room's door and we could run it down the side of the room all the way back to the corner he's like oh man that is just such a bodacious idea man that is just so cool and i'm just like oh my god i love this guy he's so hilarious so we help him get his audio snake fished and uh power for his amps and all of that stuff done and we get the truss up. And I was always paranoid, folks. And look, every city's different. And I, I may be t- completely wrong here, but I always brought three-eighths inch, what I called safety cables. And once my truss was up in the air, I would take shackles and shackle that to whatever hard points I have in the ceiling. That way, if a chain hoist just failed or exploded or had some kind of cerebral hindru- uh, hemorrhage, it wouldn't drop the truss and once that is done you've got to get a man lift or a personnel lift up there to be able to undo that to lower the truss so once we are up and focused we do not plan on getting up there unless we had to change you know a lamp or something which was very rare because we were very very careful about how we did this stuff and so we get we get the truss flown up in the air with his audio and everything, and next we set up the staging and the staging comes in on these big carts. It's heavy as hell. it's a pain in the ass, and we've got to lock it all together uh, and y- you know it, it it's just I hate staging. I'd rather have a kidney stone than to sit set up staging Now nowadays. There's a manufacturer that makes some really kick-ass staging that's really easy to move around and lock together and stuff like that. So we get this staging up, and then I'll never forget that this lady shows up. And folks, I don't even know how to describe her. She was so bubbly and fun. She looked exactly like Velma from scooby doo but in a very hot, <laughs> in a very, very hot way. and she's like, are you Damon? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Damon. She's like, oh, this is so exciting, isn't it? And I (laughs) felt like saying, yeah, we've been here since 6.30 in the morning, (laughs) ma'am. And yeah, this is exciting. And look, folks, I love, I love what I do. And I've loved what I've done for 43 plus years. But it was just funny when people walk in and they're just all excited and they're full of energy because, you know, they slept in, they had their cappuccino, probably had a bagel and then they show up and, you know, we were all, you know, our knuckles are all beat up from, you know, putting the truss together. Oh, one thing about this truss that was really kick-ass. Most of the time, um, I had been around 20 by 20 box truss in my life. And when you do conventions, you need a truss that can get really close to the ceiling. Once you pull that chain hoist, well, you have a span set that goes around the the truss, and then that connects to your chain hoist, and you can actually put the span set on, so the chain hoist actually almost straddles. Um, you can, you can put the span set on, so that the truss almost kind of like inverted straddles the chain hoist, so it pulls right up where the chain hoist is almost inside the truss. And I had these little, what I called baby chain hoists. They were only uh, half tonners. And I had bought a bunch of truss from a company called Applied Electronics. And I don't even know that they're still around, but they had a really cool uh, like 12 inch by 18 profile truss. And I use that for convention centers. And I actually had about 10 sticks of that in my rental uh, uh, inventory. So I and and I can't remember this lady's name uh, today, but I always remember her as Velma. So she's like, is everything getting, uh, you know, is everything going good? I said, everything's going perfect. And I said, we will most likely do our audio and lighting checks this evening, about six or seven, make sure everything in the room works perfect. I said, has anything changed with you? And she goes, nope, I've got the layout of all the different tables, um, uh, layouts. So folks, if you've never been to one of these sales type meetings, Normally, in the morning, you have like the CEO or the president, somebody comes in there and bloviates about the company and bloviates about the jets he owns and how the, the company's doing great and how all the employees uh, breaking their backs are helping him buy him and his trophy wife Maseratis. So it's just this big, big bloviating meeting. And then uh, they break into these little tighter groups where like managers or vice presidents are meeting with smaller groups. And then normally they'll have like a big catered lunch out in the lobby, but they'll bring all their food in and set these tables. So we're going through a really nice like architectural drawing of all the layout of the tables. And she says, and your crew is going to move the tables here. And I'm thinking, who's she talking to? So I said to her, I said, whose crew are you talking about? She goes, well, well, you guys or the convention center or whoever you set up the tables. And I said, well, the caterers set up the table. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. The decorators set up the tables, but once they're set up, they leave. I said, I don't think you have them contract to move it around. <clears throat> and she was like, oh my gosh. So w- 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 what do we do? And I said, I, 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 I don't know. I said, I probably can get two extra people. I mean, I'm going to have to charge you something. She goes, oh, no, no, money doesn't matter. And, you know, and if I was a real jerk in life, every time somebody said to me, money doesn't matter, I would have said, oh yeah, two people, I can get them for $1 (laughs) million. I loved it when people would say, oh man, money doesn't matter. The first thing through my mind was $1 million. So, um, I tell her, like, I can bring two two people in, you know, it's going to be about 90 an hour per each person, you know, for the whole day. Oh, no, no, no problem. I'll just add it, you know, to your uh, contract. And people back then, I just trusted. I didn't want a credit card or anything. So I called two other people and said, hey, do you want to help, you know, come here? I'm sure we'll get fed because normally these big events have great catered food, folks. Caterpillar, when I used to do their uh, corporate events, had the greatest catered food in the world. So uh, I ended up having two follow spot operators myself. I had two of my uh, basically rental department guys going to hang out that day. And then I had another two that were going to show up to help move tables. So we were going to have enough to move the tables around. I wasn't worried about that. But we didn't know exactly how to uh, mark where the uh, tables were going to go. So, believe it or not, I had some really dark green gaffers tape, and I just came up with a A, B, C, and D for the legs. And when you would place the table over the tape, nobody would see it. Well, some tape was going to be exposed, but the room was going to be pretty dark. I mean, we never had the what I call the house lights at full during any part of this event. We had a lot of uh, more ambient lighting, um, except when they did have breakout sessions. That's, that's, that's not correct. We did go to full lighting during breakout sessions so people could... You know write notes and talk and all of that junk. And also this rental was using like eight or nine other like lecture rooms in the building. So uh her and I hit it off and the audio guy was really cool and she thought he was high too because she asked me once she goes is he stoned and I said probably but he's really good at what he does. And he was with a rental company in indiana which i'm not going to mention because if he was stoned and there's somebody who's still alive that would know who i'm talking about i don't you know folks i never want to embarrass anybody on my podcast so we've got the staging up we've got which i hate staging we've got everything up the room is basically done all of the decorators have put the big round tablecloths on all the tables Uh, you know, the, uh, people who run the convention center had come in with all their sweepers and sweeped up the room. So everything was ready to go by probably four o'clock in the afternoon. And here's something weird, and I'm not saying you should do this, but this was kind of the way we were back then. If any of us had any kind of a breakfast, we never had lunch. We worked all the way through until like five or six. So about five o'clock, one of my uh, pals I was working with had gone out and gotten a whole bunch of sub sandwiches, probably four or five too many. So we were all sitting on one of these big round tables and Velma walked in and said, uh, so is everything good? I go, yep, we're going to do a light and sound check here in just a minute. And uh, he's like, you want a sub? And she's like, uh, sure. So she sat down with us and we're eating subs and everything. And one of my friends was like, You know, I could go for a beer. And I said, Yeah, not tonight, guys. I said, Come on. I I want everybody here tomorrow morning. And then I joked and said, I don't care, but just don't come in drunk tomorrow. So everybody wanted to go to a bar. And I'm like, No, no, no. We're not going to. There's no way. Tomorrow night, when, when we're done with this thing, but please folks don't come in drunk tomorrow. I don't need hangovers. I need everybody, you know, and plus folks, I would never really dress up for anything in my life back then. I was a jeans, a sneakers, a t-shirt. If I was back at the office, uh, I would always have some kind of khakis on and a polo type shirt. But for some of these events, you know, we would have to wear a shirt and tie uh, in a sports coat. For this one, they just wanted us all to have some kind of blazer or sport coat, okay? So, you know, I'm telling everybody, look, I want everybody here, like, this thing starts at like 9 tomorrow, I want everybody here at like 7.30, make sure nothing's broke, the dimmer rack's working, we've got extra control modules, you know, I'm just, I'm just folks, my whole life, maybe it's because I'm a pilot, you know, always joke, nobody crashes into the sky, you crash into the ground. So you don't have to, if you, you never have to take an airplane off unless there's like a wild herd of elephants chasing you. And I feel that way sometimes about these big corporate rentals when there's just so much at stake of getting future contracts with these people. So we do our audio and lighting check that night and it went without a hitch. I mean, all his mics worked. He had a couple of wireless mics. And back then, it seems like they were always glitchy or clicky, and his were perfect. Uh, My lighting was perfect. I'd written a couple of cues for areas of lights on stage and, you know, where to aim the intelligent lights for when somebody's at the podium or somebody's standing next to it where they might be receiving an award. All of this junk, okay? And... Uh, so I felt really good. So think about it. Got up at about five 30 in the morning, got to the convention center about six 30 in the morning. We walked out of there about seven o'clock that night, uh, seven 30 ish. Uh, went back to my apartment. My girlfriend came over. We hung out. I remember back then I had cable TV, HBO. If you remember HBO back in the day, they used to have that big intro to any of the movies. So we watched a, uh, we watched a movie, and uh, then uh, yeah, I'm thinking about digressing here, folks, but I want to keep this on on path. So uh, basically, by ten o'clock that night, I was in bed. Got up the next morning about five thirty. Told everybody else I wanted them there at seven thirty, but I was there at like six thirty. Walked through, make sure everything's working, and. Uh, Keep in mind, just 24 hours earlier, this room was empty. There was nothing in this big, big room, okay? So all the tables are set up. All the decorations are set up. Um, My lighting is set to go. The audio guy shows up, believe it or not, about 30 minutes after I did, before anybody else was there. And he was just as paranoid as me. He wanted to make sure everything was working. Now, folks, this is back when... I'm trying to remember I, I mean i remember him having a most of the music they wanted to play on cassette tape and he wanted to have unreal to real uh you know cds we weren't using yet for uh you know um music that we played at these things because you know you can't find an exact place in a piece of music you, you know you can't edit a cd so he, you know, it ran through his sound and actually the acoustics in this room were really good. Sometimes these rooms are really big and boomies, but the staging, all the tables and everything helps absorb a lot of that music or that sound that's slapping around the room. Uh Velma shows up and boy, oh boy, she was dressed in heels and this dress. And I was just like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. And she's like, are we all set? Isn't this so exciting? <laughs> I was just like, oh, she's cracking me up. She's just so crazy happy to get this thing done. And, you know, I'm sitting back in the corner at my lighting console and my other pals are showing up and my two follow spot operators and everybody. And we all kind of just huddle. And, you know, I asked, we had a little follow spots. And I said, Do you guys have backup lamps for those? They're like, yep, Damon, they're the small... HMIs, I think they were like, oh, I don't want to say, I, th- I thought they were like 1.5 or something like that, K, I can't remember what they were, but we always had backups of everything. So all these suits start showing up, these big wigs start showing up, and I'm just back at my lighting console and the auto guy sitting with a sound console next to me. And we do have clearcom headsets, you know, rigged around the room. And I think right at nine o'clock... Uh, we started this event with the uh, CEO up there talking about the greatest year they ever had, the most gigantic growth they've ever had, and just all of this stuff. And, you know, in all fairness, you know, I, the, the longer I've worked in this industry, I've seen a lot of corporate events, and I get it. I mean, the CEO's happy, the president's happy, everybody's happy but I also have seen companies where people make filthy money and the employees don't see jack squat. And that always, you know, if I were on the lottery and had a massive company at the end of the year, I'd have set expectations of profit and everything beyond that. I would divide it up between uh, all the employees. I mean, if you drop dead, you're not taking that money to the grave with you. And you know, I I just look at some corporate giants and I can't mention names that really, really, really take care of employees. And I don't mean in this industry. I'm talking about outside this industry. I try not to ever talk about this industry because I'm still employed and I still have a lot of people I've worked for or I've worked, may work for in the future. And I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm talking about you, you who are listening to this. But uh, with that said, so basically the event went off without a hitch. You know, we moved the tables around when we needed to. Uh, the catering food was absolutely superb. And uh, the event was, uh, you know, they had their awards banquet, which uh, means I had to move my lights around a little bit and follow spot people had to do their stuff. And, you know, they would man, you know, announce like Jane Doe. And she'd like stand up all happy and walk from her table. And the follow spots had to follow her up on the stage and then once she got up on the stage i'd make the track spots wiggle around with some colors and doing some ray patterns on the wall to make it look a little bit like you know hollywood or rock and roll or a micro Genesis type concert thing and once it was all over you know the other guy looked at me and said i think that went great and i said dude it was kick ass and we just kind of laugh and that's something Folks, you'll never experience unless you're in the theater industry or, or a musician. Musicians experiences too. When you have something go really kick ass and it's done, you have this underlying anxiety that was always building in you that you didn't realize. And then once it's done, you have this big, big exhale. And that's when you realize that you guys both rocked and rolled that night. You guys kicked ass. And so everybody's leaving and Velma walks up and she's like, oh, this was so perfect. I'm so excited. Everybody was just really cool. She goes, I love the lighting. You know, you really made the whole room like light up. And all I was doing was kind of doing some audience blinders and stuff like that. So it was just, you know, it's basic. But to them, they had never seen it. You know, think about this. You grow up in theater and you're around Uh, very light. You're around Martin Professional. You're around uh, high-end products. You know, I always love the Avalite Pearl as an intelligent lighting console. You know, you're around all of this stuff and we see it and breathe it every day. And then you have these corporate events and these people are on a stage with follow spots hitting them and they feel like they are Uh, In a Genesis concert, or, you know, a Saga concert, or a Rush concert, Uh, I'm trying to think of all the beautiful, oh, Depeche Mode, you know, if you love Depeche Mode, you're absolutely guaranteed to be my friend forever, so, um, normally, we would just all go home, and just get up the next morning, go in there, and take down the show, well, as you know, my two follow operators w- walked up to me and said, hey, are we going to go to a bar? And I'm like, guys, you know, I don't really drink that much. And they're like, yeah, come on, Damon, we're going to a bar tonight. And, and Velma heard that we we're going to the bar and she walked up and she's like, hey, do you think me and a couple of my, you know, uh, colleagues could join you guys? You guys are hilarious. And folks, this is one of the crazy, cool things about our industry we got kicked out of the bar at 4 a.m when they closed it and I had to be a, the back of the convention center at like 730 or eight to start taking down our stuff. I don't drink much and if you're one of my friends who listen to this you know that. I like my captain my captain and Cokes and that's it. I have one or two and I'm done. And that night there were daiquiris and long Island iced teas and no vomiting or anything, but it was so much fun. And this, this Velma, I wish I could remember her real name. Wouldn't it be crazy if she ever found one of my podcasts and knew I was talking about her. I wouldn't be embarrassed, you know, um, if she knew that I thought she was an absolute rock star, but, uh, So I end up showing up at the the convention center at like 7.30 with the panel truck. I walk into the room and already there are two of my people taking stuff down. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys beat me here. I'm always early. They're like, oh no, we knew you would be here early. We wanted to beat you here. So here's one of the pain in the asses though. You got all these tables in the room and the decorators union isn't going to show up until eight o'clock to take any of that stuff down so we're moving tables to the side so we can get the personnel lift in there we're trying to get the staging picked up we've got to get everything off the staging that was left on the staging so we're trying to get out of that room as quick as we can folks so we get the staging back on their dollies and we roll them out into the lobby we then got the personnel lift up under the truss so i could remove the three big three-eighths inch cable safety uh, cables So we could lower the truss and we lower the truss. We start stripping the fixtures and then the decorators union shows up and starts to break down all the big round tables. And we always apologize saying we try to put them in places that make it easy to take down, but we normally just shove them up against a wall. And I would say by one o'clock, and this is really eerie folks by one o'clock, I'm standing at that door. I came in, Two days earlier at like 7:30 in the morning. And there's nothing in this room. I mean, there's nothing. And I walk all four corners, making sure we're not leaving any like gel frames from our PARs behind, a safety cable maybe fell off a cart. I walk all four corners of the room. I walk back to the disconnect room where we were getting all the power. Make sure that we've closed up the disconnect and made everything look just like it was before we were there. We don't want to leave anything open or exposed or anybody get mad at us. And then as I walk out of the room, and I wish, folks, we had iPhones back then because I would have taken a picture of the day I showed up, show the whole room set up and ready to go, and then the the room empty. And as I walked out of that door, and I always looked back at that empty room and thought... Man, that was just kick-ass what we did. And the thing was, I made a boatload of money. I mean, I had such good clients that I didn't have to give anything away. I owned, or we owned, or the the, uh, company owned all of our rental gear. And this is how a theatrical dealer, especially a smaller one, you know, eight or 10 employees can just make an obscene amount of money. But there's a lot of work involved. You know, and here's another thing is everybody got paid. Everybody enjoyed their time. Uh, Yeah, a few of us had some really, really crappy hangovers. uh, But that wasn't the fault of the rental. Um, I still blame the fact that I even went out was the fact that Velma got excited and goes, oh, I want to go out with you guys. And I was like, I got to party with her. I got to see how she acts when she gets a few cocktails in her. And uh, yeah, that was it. I didn't even remember what bar we went to, to be honest. It was somewhere downtown Indianapolis. Uh, I think, yeah, we all walked to it and none of us drove home that night. Now, keep in mind, I lived only about 20 blocks at the time uh, from there uh, in Indianapolis. So I could have walked home, but I still remember us taking cabs because I was so religious about nobody drinking and driving. Uh, As you may have known in other podcasts, uh, I lost a family member to drunk driving. So that's it, folks. Everybody have a awesome, awesome uh, night. It's almost 1230 now a.m. And uh, everybody uh, be nice to each other. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. I'm just trying to give you the human side of the theater industry. So if you're some young kid wanting to decide if you want a business business major or get your uh, bachelor's or your uh, MFA in theater, you should do it because it's kick-ass. I mean, this industry is absolutely kick ass. So rock on. Be safe, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.